Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 477, What is the World to Me? Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord. 
now ask you before God who searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I as a called servant of the word announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Testament reading for this 11th Sunday after Pentecost is from Exodus chapter 1 verse 2 and chapter 2 verses 18 to 26 a reading that well Solomon writing it at the end of his life would indicate that he realized that his money and his many wives that that wasn't what life is all about that life is meaningless apart from god but in god there is meaning to life meaningless meaningless says the teacher utterly meaningless everything is meaningless i hated all the things i had toiled for under the sun because i must leave them to the one who comes after me and who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool. Yet he will have control over all the work into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over my toilsome labor under the sun. For a man may do his work with wisdom, knowledge, and skill. And then he must leave all he owns to someone who has not worked for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun? All his days, his work is pain and grief. Even at night, his mind does not rest. This too is meaningless. A man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work. This too I see is from the hand of God, for without him who can eat or find enjoyment. To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Alleluia, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Alleluia. Alleluia. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 11. The Apostle Paul here encourages us to live by faith, to live by the Spirit, and not to let our sinful natures control us. Paul said, 
Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, but in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, by barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, for Christ is all and is in all. Let's continue with our next hymn, hymn 466, Though Thoughtless Thousand. Oh, oh, oh. 
grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider this 11th Sunday after Pentecost is our Gospel reading from Luke chapter 10 verses 13 to 21. Luke writes, Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear friends who possess the riches, the greatest riches there are, the, the riches of God's grace. In the spring of 1981, there was a young man who planned out this elaborate trip to Alaska. He was going to go back into the desolate northern lands where no one was, and he was going to take pictures and, and enjoy the beauty there. And, and what he did is he did a pretty good job of preparing to get there. He, he had a pilot take him and drop him off in this desolate Northland to photograph. He brought along plenty of supplies, plenty of photo equipment, 500 rolls of, of film, several firearms, protect himself, and, and 1,400 pounds of provisions. He had a diary, and in the diary he wrote about all that he was doing. And at first the diary reported how everything was just beautiful and the pictures he was taking just magnificent. But then as times went by, as time went by, what happened is all of a sudden he started to recognize something. Uh, his diary recorded what we could call a pathetic nightmare pathetic record of a nightmare that he was enduring because he realized he had done a lot to plan for getting there. But he hadn't arranged for getting anyone 
back there to get him out. In August of 1981, he wrote, I think I should have used more foresight about arranging my departure. And so he waited and he waited and no one came to rescue him. And well, in August of 1981, he died. An investigation of his death, well, it realized, or it revealed that he had carefully mapped out his venture, what he was going to do, but he had made no provision for someone to come and to pick him up and take him home, to fly him out of the area. And in a sense, what we could say is that this photographer's planning like that is kind of a little bit like the rich fools planning in Jesus' parable today. Both of them did a lot of planning, but they both forgot the most important part of the plan. So as we today consider Jesus' parable of the rich fool, let's look at the life plan of a, of a fool. And as we think of the life plan of a fool, what we can do is learn from his negative example. And we'll see that that fool, his plans, they centered on storing up earthly treasures, his hopes focused on a life of ease and pleasure, and tragically, his plans ignored God. At the time of our reading, Jesus was speaking to a, a, a large group of people, a crowd of many thousands of people. Luke says, a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another. And now it's good to hear that there was a great big crowd of people there that had gathered to hear Jesus speak. But first what Jesus did is he spoke to his disciples before he spoke to the crowd. He spoke to the disciples and he warned them about, he warned them to watch out for the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And then what he did is he encouraged them to boldly speak about Jesus. And now perhaps the way Jesus took hold of this whole situation, the way he was directing things, that caused this one man who was there to come up to him, to come to Jesus, and to complain to him about how he wanted his brother to divide up the family inheritance appropriately. But Jesus replied to that man's request, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Jesus wasn't a government official or a lawyer to whom people should go for decisions regarding legal matters, legal disputes. Jesus had come to teach and to preach God's word, to talk about God's plan of salvation so that people would know about their savior and their way to eternal salvation. So, so Jesus wasn't ready to settle that dispute and, and divide that inheritance. He wasn't ready to do that, but he did use the man's request to talk about an important issue, to talk about 
know, to warn, well, that man, to warn the disciples about the sin of greed. The sin of greed. Because Jesus is all-knowing. He could know that, well, this man that came to him, it wasn't really a matter of seeking justice when he wanted the inheritance divided properly. Instead, what it was a matter of for him was just greed. He was just being greedy. And so Jesus said, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Oh, this section of scripture is one of Jesus' stronger warnings against greed. And many unbelievers, when they would think about this life, they would consider gaining earthly treasures as the chief purpose or a chief purpose in this life. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that we believers, well, we're tempted to believe along the same lines that this life is all about gaining earthly treasures. And we need to watch out for that temptation. Anyone who ends up thinking that, well, that their life plans focus or center on storing up earthly treasures is kind of like that photographer that I mentioned earlier. The photographer who had all of his great plans, but he didn't forget about, or but he didn't remember to take care of an end plan, an exit strategy. If our focus is just on storing up earthly treasures, we're forgetting what's really most important. We're not thinking about our eternal home. Now the parable of the rich fool, that's probably one of Jesus' more familiar parables. The rich man in the parable, he had such a bumper crop that what he did is he tore down his barns and built up bigger barns. And, and when you think about it, you'd say, well, that was a wise business move, really. But actually, if you think about this picture, it almost seems like, oh, his building those bigger barns is kind of like, oh, in our country, we have this tendency, you buy yourself a or you rent a storage area and you fill it up with stuff or you have your attic or your, your basement or your garage just filled up with all kinds of things that you're never going to use. Again, a life plan in storing up earthly treasures. And now if that's our life treasure, storing our life plan, storing up earthly treasures like that. Oh, we need to watch out for that because, well, there's a theologian who once wrote, riches may prove a curse as well as a blessing. You know, if you think about it, God gives us the things that we need for our daily life and he does that to bless us and to take care of us. But those earthly treasures could end up becoming a a curse for us, as that theologian said as well. And, well, that theologian, to illustrate that, he, he talked about a personal experience where he was walking through this apple orchard and he saw this one tree that, well, it had a lot of apples on it, but 
those apples, what they were doing is they were bending down the branches and some of the branches they were bending to the ground and bending so much that some of them actually snapped. The tree had been broken by the weight of the treasures that it was carrying. And our life's treasures, what they could end up doing is the exact same thing for us spiritually if our life plan centers on storing up earthly treasures. Oh, there was a man who once bought a very, very luxurious home and he filled it with expensive and spectacular furnishings. And after taking a friend on a tour through his home, showing him the magnificent palace, basically, in which he lived, well, the owner of the mansion asked his friend, well, what do you think of it? And, well, he expected to hear lavish praise for his magnificent home. But the man instead said, It is gorgeous, but to be perfectly frank, things like this make it hard to die. And now, of course, what he was saying is he wasn't saying that, that what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to live in dilapidated old houses with rickety old furniture. There's nothing wrong with having a fine home with nice furniture in it in which to live. But if our life's plan is centered on getting that beautiful home and filling it with expensive items, then again, we need to do some re-evaluating about our life plan and, and consider if our plan is not that life plan of a fool. How much more blessed we would be if our life plan was a, like that of age Simeon. You remember Simeon, the, the elderly man who saw Jesus in the, the infant Jesus in the, in the temple? And when he saw Jesus, he said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. See now, Simeon, his greatest joy was in living for Christ, in seeing Christ as his Savior. And may that also be our greatest joy in life, seeing Jesus as our Savior, living for Jesus our Savior, living for him as we wait for the day when he'll come to take us to our eternal home in heaven. Well, the rich fool in the parable, he said to himself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Well, we could say that this rich fool's life plan, it focused, his hopes focused on living a life of ease and pleasure. But the person whose life plan focuses on living a life of ease and pleasure, he can never truly have a life of ease and pleasure. And what I mean by that is, oh, this rich fool in the parable, he, he would have had to wonder, well, what else, what's going to happen to me if my crops fail next year? Or 
what's going to happen if somehow or other all of those things that I've stored up if somehow or other something happens so that they're all ruined and they're all destroyed then what's going to happen so he had to have this instead of ease and pleasure this uneasiness and fear always since his life plan focused on storing up earthly treasures like he did. Oh, Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. The abundance of possessions that he had ended up being taken from him in the parable. The abundance of possessions that we have in this life well, they could be taken away from us so easily. The economy in our country, recession or stock market falling all over the place, things like that can so easily happen. And now maybe just think of the Old Testament character, Job. Job was someone who was blessed by God with so much, but God allowed Satan to take away from Job all of those possessions. And then Job lost his life of ease and pleasure. But even under those circumstances, he did struggle a good bit, but he didn't curse God as his wife encouraged him to do. Rather, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. See now, Job's hopes didn't focus on living a life of ease and pleasure. And so when he lost his former life of ease and pleasure, that didn't mean his life was over. He, his life wasn't dashed to despair. His reason for his hope hadn't been destroyed. He still had the Lord. He still had the promises of God. And so he was able to still praise God and to rejoice in God, to rejoice that in God, well, he'd have a Savior and he'd have eternal salvation. The rich fool, he had said, Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And in our Old Testament reading for today in Ecclesiastes, Solomon seems to be giving us a similar encouragement when he says, a man can do nothing better than to eat and to drink and to find satisfaction in his work. But there's a difference between the two statements because Solomon, he continues, this too I see is from the hand of God, for without him who can eat or find enjoyment. If a person hopes to live a life of ease and pleasure based on his earthly possessions, the fact of the matter is, is that sooner or later his hopes are going to be destroyed. Maybe in this lifetime he'll lose those riches and maybe he will have those riches throughout the course of his life but when when he dies then they're all gone because as the saying goes you can't take it with you but through faith in Christ now all that changes because through faith in Christ we believers can 
hope for a life of ease and pleasure, eternal ease and eternal pleasure because of our Savior. You know, he said to us, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He gives us the forgiveness of all of our sins. He gives us eternal life where there will be no end to our life of ease and pleasure that's going to last forever. Well, when you think about this life plan of the fool, the worst, the worst part of it was that his plans ignored God. God had said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. See that rich fool? He wasn't taking care of what is most important. He wasn't thinking about his eternal soul or about the life to come. And now when we think of that rich fool, likewise for us it's kind of easy. It's so easy for us to ignore God or, or to neglect God. To neglect him terribly. We, oh, could, for example, get so concerned about taking care of ourselves financially that we kind of end up saying something like this to God God, I know I'm not giving to you and giving to you of my time and my talents and my treasures as I should right now, but. Once I get things figured out in my life, then I'm going to do that. And, you know, let's not wait to serve God. Because if we wait, like the rich fool in the parable, we may never have the opportunity. We just don't know when the Lord will determine that the end of our earthly sojourn will come. We don't know when that will be. Instead, let's always remember what's most important in this life. It's not Earth's treasures. It's not living a life of ease and pleasure because, well, not Earth's treasures, because naked we came into this world and naked we will depart, is what, what Job said. Rather, what's important, what most important, it's our Savior all he's done for us, how he lived and died for us, how he paid for all of our sins so that we can live with him forever in heaven. So let's not be like that photographer who went to the Alaskan wilderness. Oh, he did so much planning to prepare for his trip but he didn't prepare for the end. How important it is for us to be focusing on our Savior and on his word and remembering the words of the hymn that we'll sing in the service, not in our video here, but in our service, take the world, but give me Jesus.
That's what's most important. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, judge of all men, you have placed into our hands the wealth we call our own. Give us wisdom by your Holy Spirit so that our prosperity may not be a curse in our lives, but an instrument for blessing. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In our prayers today, oh, we think of Deb Spitzley. She had a heart catheterization procedure done on Thursday, at least she was supposed to, and I haven't heard results of that yet. Oh, we think of Diane Kennedy, who had some difficulty breathing uh, a week ago. Hopefully she's on the road to recovery. We think about Pat Bodell, who on Tuesday should be having surgery to repair, to deal with a leaky heart valve. Oh, and, and well, we think of all of the different people on our prayer list and we pray. Lord God, according to your grace and mercy, please be with our, the members of our church family dealing with different trials and troubles. Be with them, bless them. If it's according to your will, grant them healing. But as we always say, please keep on giving to them, giving to all of us your grace and love. And we gather up all of their prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Oh, and thank you for joining me for worship today. A couple announcements to share with you. Well, today, Sunday, would be Joey's birthday, Wednesday, Bev Williams' birthday, Thursday, Emily Holland, Friday, Monique Pierre, and Saturday, Dave Metzger. I think that's what I have for other announcements for you. Please look at our prayer list. Remember all of the people in our church family with different needs. Please keep them in your prayers. And again, thank you for joining me for worship today. The Lord bless and keep you always.